to the glory of God, and the people say, Amen. Our second lesson today comes from Romans 12. Since we read so well the first time, let's read it again in unison. It's a good passage. It's on page 922. Romans 12, beginning with the ninth verse. Let's read it together. Page 922 in the Bibles in the pew. And some fresh words for our lives. We read. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought of what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. These two texts today are the lectionary texts for this particular Sunday, or two of the lectionary texts for this Sunday, and I've been continuing uh, some sermons from the book of Romans, and here's our text today from Romans 12. Before this week started, the title of this sermon was, as you can read in the, bur- in the bulletin, Living with Love in a World of Hate. That title has now changed, Living with Love in a World of Hurricanes. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? We've even, most of us, forgotten what happened on Tuesday. The biggest earthquake to hit in a hundred years came through here. I was in the third floor of the Virginia building in my study, as you may have read in the midweek email, and the place started shaking. My books started shaking. Uh, Items turned over, and it was a little scary. I turned out the window to see if... um, the spires of our sanctuary were going to hold, and I couldn't even tell that they were shaking because we were all shaking. And then I saw the people on the top of the John Marshall Hotel in the rafters, in the scaffolding, who were doing the work up there, and they were really frightened. And in fact, I know all of us were frightened on that day, but after the last day, we probably hardly even remember that day because the last day has brought us uh, another natural disaster, so to speak, another challenge. Uh, 
I suspect we're all up on the lingo of hurricanes now. How many MPBs or BPSs or whatever it is that pressure mounts and winds going and we know about all this stuff afresh. Uh, hurricanes and what happens and uh, we had an interesting night, all of us. Uh, winds and rains and we're still uh, dealing with it and many people can't even get out of their streets and power's out and it may be out for a long time who knows but again another natural disaster hurricane in our midst and we can hardly remember what was happening even two weeks before that the burning of the dismal swamp which happens uh, and has blown its air uh, polluting our lungs and covered this whole region and in all of these dismal swamp burning or hurricane or earthquake uh, we often hear the phrase, act of God. It may be more of an insurance term rather than a theological perspective. Uh, uh, an angle that uh, insurers say uh, they can't control these things and shouldn't be able to have to pay for them, maybe. But um, the people who come to worship on Sunday morning after a earthquake and a, a hurricane uh, worship a kind of God who wants to bring fear on whole regions and wipe out neighborhoods. You know, um, we don't worship a God like that. People talk like that sometimes, and it gets part of our lingo. This is an act of God, but I don't think faithful Christians should be thinking like that, and I don't think uh, we should be thinking like that either. We don't have to talk like that. Um, we know what happens with a hurricane, you know, way out off the coast of Africa, certain winds converge with certain pressures and water and wind and pressure moves it and it becomes a hurricane. We know what earthquakes uh, emerge from, uh, the shifting of the fault lines or the plates in the earth somewhere down deep and then we experience it, uh, both of them, hurricane and earthquake and even the dismal swamp is something that happens more naturally. We can explain these things. We can even talk about this with car wrecks and cancer. They happen to us or other tragedies, but it's not often God's fault. We shouldn't blame God for certain things that happen. We know how things happen. We may not be able to control these things, but just because they happen in a certain way doesn't mean it's God's fault. What we say is that God is in the midst. And what we see is people working on God's behalf to bring about healing and hope. And that's where God is. You know, the God of the Bible, the one who creates the world and calls it good. The God of the Bible who loves us from the beginning of time and keeps coming for us and calling us and reframing our lives and say, go this way toward the kingdom. That's the God who we worship. The God of Jesus, who brought children and put him on his knee and blessed them and said, this is how you live, loving and forgiving and being God's people. That's the God that we worship, not the God who is somehow depicted sometimes as whipping up hurricanes and sending them toward neighborhoods to cause great disaster. That's not the God we worship. The God we worship is in those neighborhoods with those people, with all of us, as Ginger reminds us in the song. This is the God we worship. 
a loving God of peace and purpose, and a God who cares how we live, which is the context for our text today. Now, the context for our text may be a last night's hurricane or this week's earthquake, but our text is reminding us what God cares really about. That is, how we live and how we move the world toward God's purposes of peace and wholeness and justice and light. So the context for our scripture has got our attention. Our streets are littered. Our power is out. Not here, but most places. Uh, People are still fighting for their lives in some places of our region. But what God cares about is how we live and what we do with our lives and how we bring about God's purposes everywhere. That's our context today. Romans. And you know what? Uh, Even in Jesus' day, people wanted to blame God. There's a story in Luke chapter 13 when a building in Jerusalem crashed and 18 people were killed. Luke chapter 13, you can find it. And people came to Jesus and they said, Hey, were those people who died, were they more sinful than others? And Jesus said, "Uh, You think those 18 are more sinful than the rest of us? Do you think that? No, I tell you. See, Jesus wasn't wanting to blame God any more than we need to blame God. Things happen, and God is in the midst. These are uh, the words that we depend on. So, even though the context for our text is a hurricane, or this week's earthquake, our text is particularly appropriate, maybe even especially appropriate this week. How do we live? Well, Romans says, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Practice hospitality. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Do not be haughty. Associate with the lowly. This is what Jesus, and this is what uh, Paul keeps saying over and over again. It's words for our lives. It's about how we relate. It's about how we relate to each other on the pew. It's about how we relate in Christian community. It's also way bigger than that, how we relate to people in our city who we don't know and how we relate to people all around the world. This is how you live. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Do not, come overcome. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. This is how you live. And then the world moves toward the kingdom. This is what Jesus says. This is what Paul says. It matters how you live. This is what God cares about very much. Some of the pictures of uh, the recent weekend reminded me of uh, a few weeks ago. Some of you know that Ginger and I like to go kayaking. We kayak on the James River. We like to put our boats on the car and go down to our coast, to the bay and kayak. And recently we were kayaking on Uh, the bay waters near some barrier islands. And um, who knows what's happening to these barrier islands today, but we were out in some water that was pretty big. It's interesting to paddle across big water. Uh, The wind can blow, and the current can grab you, and sometimes those two things are pushing in different directions. And on this particular day, the wind was pushing us where we wanted to go, which was actually kind of helpful. But the water was tugging us away. 
And this creates kind of an interesting feeling in a kayak. You're being pushed one way, but your boat is kind of going this way. And it's interesting to paddle. This I liken to some of what we have going on with our lives. We wonder who to trust when hurricanes and earthquakes emerge in our lives. And the scriptures keep saying, trust the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And those create some different tugs on us. We're tempted to get frantic and not trust God and stay up late and worry and fret. And yet the other push among us is trust God who holds the world. This is what's true. We often find ourselves in situations where we want to be selfish. Think of what we might accomplish without sacrifice. We often think about what we can get away with in these days of uncertainty. We often wonder maybe at work what we should do. Should I do this where there's this tug? Or should I do this? which is God's call. We're all finding ourselves often in these conflicting tugs and pulls. A wind is blowing one way, and then we got these words of Romans and words of Jesus that say, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Do not be hypocritical. Associate with the lowly. Extend hospitality. We get these words about how to live, and it's really the way God wants us to go. And sometimes we got to resist those currents and forces that are working against us. It's especially true this weekend as we think about our lives and who we can help and who we're called to serve. There are our own temptations, and then there's this greater call. And they're often challenging us I want to read a few verses from our text today from the message, which is especially appropriate. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for, from dear life, from evil. Hold on to dear life for good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, give him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. This is how we're called to go. No matter what currents are pushing us, in what direction, this is the way we're called to go. It sounds like the Sermon on the Mount. It sounds like what... Uh, Jesus keeps calling us to be about. This is 
the way the world is going to go, friends, because God's in charge. This is the way the kingdom is going to look when it finally emerges. So we want to go there. That's what the calling is from Jesus and from Paul. Let love be genuine. A couple of interesting things about this passage. Uh, there's no verb in this first sentence that says it's translated, let love be genuine. It's actually uh, not so much an exhortation, it's a description. Love is genuine, maybe a better way to translate it. Love is not hypocritical. Love is not jealous. Love associates with lowly. Love is something that leads us to help the needy. Love is about peace. It sounds very much like another familiar passage on love, also from Paul. And some of you are nodding your heads. 1 Corinthians 13, another description of love. And this is what we're called to be about with our lives. Uh, today, uh, the day after a hurricane, but actually every day. This is the way the world wants to go, according to God. And this is the way, therefore, we go, following Jesus. No matter the currents that are pressing us, we seek to be about these things. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It speaks to us always. Um, a Hasidic tale that's one of my very favorite, too, goes like this. The students came up to the rabbi and asked him, Rabbi, no, the rabbi asked the students, how can you tell that it's no longer night and the day has come? How can you tell it's no longer dark and light has come? How will you know, he asked the students. And one student said, well, maybe it's when you can see across the land and you can tell that it's a dog instead of a sheep. Is that how we know it's no longer dark? Is that the evidence? He says, no. Another student says, maybe it's we can look at a tree and we can tell what kind of tree it is. It's not a peach tree. It's a pecan tree. Then we'll know it's no longer dark. Is that how we'll know? And he says, no. Then how will we know? They asked the rabbi. And the rabbi said, when you turn to your neighbor, and you can tell that that is not just a person, that is your sister, then you will know it's no longer night. When you turn and you see your brother, and you recognize it's your brother, then you will know it's no longer night. This is our calling, always, about how to live. We turn and we see everyone as our brother, everyone as our sister, those people on the pew with you, those people on the street, those people who are struggling today to find their life amidst the recent challenges, that's our brother, that's our sister. Those people up the coast struggling without power, without other services, with lots of fear and anxiety, that's our brother, that's our sister. That girl who checks you out with acne on her face, in the grocery store whose life is far different from yours, that is your sister. That man who stumbles by perhaps your neighborhood with a cigarette and he's barely making it, that's our brother. That man who goes to the city council and asks for a mosque in his neighborhood, 
That's our brother. All who are around us, brother and sister, when the world begins to recognize that, then the kingdom of God emerges. This is a word for our lives. The Sunday after a hurricane, this is the word for our lives as we seek to God's people whatever season. Whatever season. May God's Spirit so touch our lives and shower us with grace. May God's purposes fill our hearts and show us how to live today and forever. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, to turn from you is to fall, to turn to you is to rise, to stand with you, to see one another as brother and sister. That is to abide forever and to be about the kingdom and purposes of Jesus Christ our Lord. We commit our lives to that way today and forever. Following Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.